Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Froth here with the Thought Eater Podcast and blog. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for listening. Happy Hump Day. Happy Wednesday. Oh, got tomorrow off, like many people in the U.S. I'm glad you did, sweetie. <laughs> Oh, my daughter is doing facials with, with my wife. All is good in the, the froth household. Anyway, I'm taking Friday off as well. Looking for some games, looking to get into some extra gaming with the time off. But anyway, anyway, we're, we're at hump day for now. And, uh, so it's time for hump day bloggerama. It's a weekly show where I'm talking about a bunch of different blog posts that I that I've looked at over the week. I mean, I'm I'm following like I don't know, it's crazy, 800 blogs. You know, they're not all super active, but uh, I try to look at just about everything, at least glance at it, and try to pick out stuff you know that'll be interesting to talk about, and um, highlight them here on the podcast, and then over at the Thought Eater blog, I put up all the links so you can find them really easily. You can Google the Thought Eater blog or go to Froth Soft, Froth, S-O-F. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's going to be a rough start. <laughs> and I've got some funny stuff for y'all, too. About it, so. Oh, man. See, let me go ahead and just say this before I give you the, the, the blog URL. There is a podcast here on Anchor. Um... You can find it other places. Uh, malodorous, malodorous miasma meltdown, and I put a link up on the Thought Eater blog. Okay, and uh, this person they did a spoof of the Hump Day blogorama, and it is so funny that I I was in pain laughing. By the time I got to the end, uh, where even the person doing the podcast couldn't get through it without laughing, I was laughing so much that I felt like high after it. And actually I have this, this woman I work with walk by my office and my office door is like, it's just got like the window almost like from like 1980s schools or something where it's like rectangular, you know, vertically. And it doesn't start till probably like, you know, five feet up the door and she's really short. So as I was doubled over in pain laughing, I just saw like the top of her head and her eyes like looking in and check if I was all right laughing so hard. I don't want to spoil any of it for you, but if you've listened to the hump day podcast, uh, two or three times, uh, certainly if you're a long time listener, it is, it is so funny. Um, you know, they say that, uh, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. I don't know what they call satire, but he roasts froth. He roasts me to the bitter end, and it, uh, it is hilarious. So you got links up for that. But anyway, the URL for all this, where you can find it, Google Thought Eater Blog or Frothsoft, frothsofdnd.blogspot.com. If you like the Hump Day Blogorama show, be sure and go and listen to that. You'll be in tears. Um, also, as far as intro goes, I, I try to, if I if I notice a new blogger, you know, mention their, their blog, and there's a new one, Swidden Pages, S-W-I-D-D-E-N, swiddenpages.blogspot.com, and this is Donna's blog, and Donna um, just put up their 
first couple of posts. Uh, for I've caught the first one on the 28th of June, and then it looks like there's a new one uh, from July 1st. So welcome to the blogosphere, Donna. I try to catch new ones if I can, but uh, usually I'm a few posts out, but uh, this one's brand new, so welcome to the blogosphere. So, yeah, I think I covered everything. Let's get on with it. I've got a bunch of call-ins we're going to get to first, and so let's listen to those. Hey, Froth, Spencer here. Uh, probably not in any position to comment on stat use as I'm, uh, you know, such a born-again game virgin. Um, but uh, I meant to say something about it in my episode about the Southern Reach uh, game I was sort of trying to put together. I wanted to strip it back to the three stats, like um, well, like into the into the odd approach. Um, I think it's strength, agility, and wits. I think or um, something like that. Anyway, I didn't realise um, Rob had touched on that as well i may have listened to that episode but i'll have to go back and check uh yeah but i I'm, i like that idea of putting the the uh kind of intelligence the sort of problem solving back into the player's hands it strikes me as a a pretty osr way to go anyway you keep doing what you're doing that was Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall, there from the excellent Keep Off the Borderlands podcast here on Anchor. And first I would say, you know, I appreciate self-deprecation as much as anyone, but, uh, you know, regardless of how much, you know, sometimes brand new players or people that haven't, you know, spent half their life playing the games have fresh eyes and great ideas and thoughts, so no need to apologize there. And, um, you know, I don't disagree with what you're saying when it's baked into the game from the get-go that those, you know, certain stats aren't there. You know, when we're talking about, um, and this is all referencing, probably should have mentioned this at the beginning, but this is all referencing a discussion from last week where um, I was talking about JB over at the Black Razor blog, and they had put up a post where uh, they just vehemently despised not just ability checks, but really what, you know, using ability scores for anything other than the most minimum of, of, of uh, uses like uh, 10% experience points, you know, only basically on some, some stats. So like I was saying, it's like I told Rob C you're talking about over the down in the heat podcast. Um, if it's baked in the game, I think that's cool. But, um, you know, once Pandora's box is open and you've got a three to 18 scale on, intelligence and some of these other things i like it to to mean something and i like the the random you know it's not it's not to say a party can't get extra if a party does something really creative they prepare and everything i might not call for a role but other times it's fitting and it's a good way to give a uh you know a chance of failure or just a random element in there because i really love that unpredictability of uh of rolling the dice um and I'm afraid that if everything was just player skill, uh, you know, just a, someone, a, you know, a really eloquent player and everything, I, I, I feel like they would expect, you know, a lot of things to be given to them. Um, and I'm not just talking about like the charisma skills and everything, you know, the, the original post JB was talking about was, you know, every stat, dexterity, you know, I mean, what if someone 
kind of repeat myself from last week, but if someone is balancing on this really thin ledge or something, am I just going to give it to them because they do a great job of describing it? I don't know. But if they, you know, there's some planning and stuff involved, maybe I don't call for a roll. I like to have it as a toolbox. I like random elements of the game. And once the stats are in the game, I like to use them. You know what I mean? So, anywho. Hi, Froth. It's John from Red Dice Diaries. Just want to drop you a quick message to say I'm glad you liked the random things to find in a sewer chart. And as for it being a, a low fantasy campaign, what can I say? There's a lot of poop down in them sewers. But um, in all seriousness, glad you enjoyed it. And thanks for giving a shout out to the, the random thing Thursday that I'm hoping to get started on my blog. Um, I do a lot of the random charts. I'm trying to lock myself down to a little bit more of a regular schedule so people know when stuff's going to be coming out. So hopefully going forward, I'll be sort of putting out the random charts on a Thursday. Enjoyed the episode. Great roundup of links, dude. Thanks very much. Keep up the good work and catch you soon. Hi Froth, it's John again from the Red Dice Diaries. Just been listening to your episode where you were talking about uh, the person who was complaining about overuse of attribute tests. Now I agree they shouldn't be overused. One of my issues with saying they shouldn't be used at all is the issue of hard skills. Now hard skills is a term I heard while doing LARP and it basically means that if you're doing a LARP you can play a character who's a master swordsman but if you can't swing that sword bad times you're not really going to be able to pull it off one of the things I like about tabletop is that's not the case can I swing a battle axe or rage like an old barbarian in real life hell no can I do it at the table yes because there's rules for it now I don't see why you a person who's maybe not the suavest person in the world shouldn't be able to play a character who has high charisma that's my only real beef the difference between player action and what the character can do anyway thanks very much Roth. keep up the good work i'll catch you soon that's john allen large from the red dice diaries podcast and blog and uh you are more than welcome i was happy to to um highlight the stuff you're doing i'm looking forward to more random tables and stuff from you and more podcasts and you know, your comment about the attribute stuff got me thinking, you know, I'll, if it's all on player skill, uh, you know, you, you lose the opportunity to play these characters with uh, deficiencies, you know. And uh, one that came into mind was um, uh, Man Rider, uh, Jez Gordon, their, their famed Man Rider character. Uh, from the Google Plus Flail Snails days. And uh, this was a goblin that had just atrocious ability scores. So bad that it really, you know, role-played it to where it really couldn't walk or get around for itself. That's thus the name Man Rider. It was carried around and miraculously survived all these adventures despite, you know, severe handicaps. And, you know, if it's all player skill and, and everything, I, I think you're going to miss out on, on some of those moments. Um um, you know, no matter what stat we're talking about. And, uh, but anyway, uh, you are more than welcome. I'm happy to feature not only yours, but a bunch of other people's stuff here on the hump day blogorama. That's what it's all about. So, uh, keep up the good work. Hey Froth, it's Rich. First of all, great blogorama as always. Now let's talk about an alignment. Um, chaotic good, chaotic neutral. That really doesn't surprise me. Um, maybe chaotic neutral a little bit cause it gets so much flack around. Uh, when I make a player, my favorite two alignments are Lawful Good and Lawful Neutral. I tend towards Lawful Neutral because I can do whatever I want. And uh, 
well, whatever I want within reason, right? And as people, we're all kind of lawful good anyway, except for those assholes out there. And they're probably chaotic good. So, um, yeah, I really like alignment for creatures. I like to look at a stat block and infer what they're going to be doing based on their alignment. Um, and I really like my lawful devils, really like my chaotic demons, you know? And, uh, yeah, but for players, don't like it, don't need it, don't use it. Um, of course, like I said, I play with it when I create a character, but I don't care what my characters are doing or how far they're stepping outside their alignment or what. If they think they're not playing their character correctly, then they can correct it themselves. Anyways, take it easy. Rich Frazier there from Cockatrice Nuggets talking about uh, uh, the alignment topic from a couple weeks ago. And Rich, I got another voicemail from you, but I think it was just in the car, so I couldn't make it. I couldn't completely make it out, but I think you were talking about the McKenzie brothers and strange brew, <laughs> the movie. So, um, unfortunately I, I, I couldn't make it out, but, um, that's why I don't do these in the car because, you know, I, I would do probably, you know, somehow miraculously get through everything, uh, with, you know, style and grace. And then I get home and discover that, uh, the whole thing didn't record. So, but anyway, I appreciate you calling in. Um, so yeah, so I appreciate everybody for listening. I really do. And, uh, thanks for, um, feedback and, uh, calling in on these topics and everything. So, um, I'm a little disorganized today. If you, if you can't tell, I tried to cram too much into the, into, uh, the day. And, um, uh, sometimes when that happens, by the time hump day comes around, it's just like running me over like a, uh, like a steamroller, but ready or not. Here we go. All right, let's talk about some maps. Um, starting over at the skyfulofdust.co.uk. This is Simon Forster's blog. It's come up before. Simon's done some awesome Book of Lairs books and stuff. I think they're maybe statted for Adventure or Conqueror King, but you know you can use them with anything. But really talented artist. And um, Simon put up a post, Ravenscar Part 1, and it's talking about, it's a, a good read if you want to read a campaign recap of them kicking off their uh, their campaign. But they also put up this uh, awesome hand-drawn map of the ruins of Ravenscar. And I, I, I love Simon's style, so I thought that would put that up for you all to look at. And if you want to check out that uh, session report, read that as well. Um, I've been talking about Billy Longinot the last few weeks because Billy's killing it over at mega-dungeon.com put up this awesome one cave riddle jungle spire it's one of these uh kind of a tower post where you get the multiple levels and then a um, um a side a side view of the the tower there in the jungle this is one that i look at and just immediately have an adventure in my mind uh, it'd be great to stick on the isle of dread or something any kind of jungle or island scenario like that so go over and check that out. I think you're just looking at it, you know, you could get a one shot in your mind, just taking a, a glance at it. Frugalgm.com. One of the only two so far, hint, hint, one of only two bloggers so far that I've enrolled into the, the froth hump day blog rama hall of fame, blogger hall of fame, frugal GM. Um, they've just done so many great, uh, things over the years, uh, point people to free or cheap resources to run your games. It's just a great site. If you have a, you know, you're not doing anything on a Saturday, kick it over at the frugal GM and you'll find a billion things. Trust me on this, but, uh, they put up a post free GM resource, Daniel's maps. 
linking over to a Patreon for this person, Daniel's Maps. And uh, some of it's behind a paywall. They're obviously really successful at it. it. Looks like they're from the Netherlands. They're getting 245 bucks a map. Wow. But they're talented, so it's good to see some people making some money. Um, and I put up uh, one of their, they have several that are up for free that uh, that the Frugal GM links to. And I put up one, the city of Moldemar. And it, it's really nice, and it gives you an idea of the kind of stuff you'd be getting if you back that Patreon. So appreciate Frugal GM for pointing me that way to Daniel's Maps. Some awesome stuff. There's some free ones if you you know if you don't want to support the Patreon, you can just download the free ones. Check that out. You can definitely put stick that in a game. And then uh, uh, Lester's Ramble, uh, and this is like the English spelling: L E I C E S T E R S Ramble. Dot blogspot.com. Um, this is Vance A's blog. I wonder if that's Vance A. Joseph. I've followed this person around on social media for years. Um, I think if that's the same person, it's got to be, right? But it says, Exploring the Abandoned Mine of Delco. And this is another one where someone's uh, referencing somewhere, someone else. Is this the same Daniel? Oh my God, am I going to have to start this over? No, this is a completely different Daniel. Yeah. What are the odds? Two Daniels uh, and two Patreons and two Mappers. But this is Daniel F. Walthall that, um, that Vance is linking over to. And uh, this is a map, Abandoned Mine of Delco. And what I love about this, you go over to Thought Eater blog and look at all these. I, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, describing maps. It's kind of like describing a sunset. Sometimes it doesn't work. But this one's really, really good because uh, they add all these little lines and extra stuff around the map to where you can print this off and then make your own adventure. You can key it yourself and have notes and stuff. And sometimes I'll see, like, uh, New Big Dragon Games do stuff like this. Uh, but it's really cool. So you got a great map. You've got um, some different lines. And it's even got a little random treasure table mixed in, into there. So you kind of build your own adventure around this map. Check that out. A few reviews to talk about. Starting over at burnafterrunningrpg.com. Guy Eats Food. Heck of a name. Guy Eats Food. But I'm not really one to talk, right? Frost off. But anyway, they did a review of the Call of Cthulhu starter set, the 7E starter set. It's not super detailed, kind of just an overview, give you an idea of what you get with it. One of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is I, you know, I love Call of Cthulhu, but I've resisted uh, 7E. Really because, you know, for one thing, I, I, I really liked that all the previous editions, you know, were compatible without any adjustment really whatsoever. This one... It's minor adjustment. You can get around it. But um, the main thing is, you know, and I'm sure everybody's felt this before, that new edition comes out and it's like, I've got a shelf full of Call of Cthulhu stuff. Do I really want to buy into this? But then you start seeing the starter set and it looks good. And you start seeing that big old slip case, you know, with the, the glossy new Chaosium books. And it's like, do I want to buy it? Even though I know 90% of it's already in these old books. Uh, but we, we shall see. I at least want to know what's going on with 7E. So, if, you know, I've got the feeling if people are running one shots or whatever these days, they're going to be playing 7E. So I like to, you know, and some of the rules, to be fair, were already house rules. A lot of people were using anyway, like, half chances on skills and things like that. But but anyway, 
Starter set looks good. You know, I, I'm a fan of starter sets. I, I, if you're talking about a game, you're not going to run a super long-term campaign of it or just want to get a taste of it. I, I like starter sets. Some people call them vaporware or whatever. I, I disagree. I think you get your money's worth out of them. And it's a great way to to learn the mechanics without necessarily, you know, getting a 500-page book. But anyway, if you want to read about the Call of Cthulhu starter set, go over to burnafterrunningrpg.com. A game I know nothing about, Over the Edge. It had a recent Kickstarter, a new edition of it. This is one that I see people talk about how much they loved back in the day. It was around a time when I wasn't really gaming when this came out in the 90s, the original version. But Aaron Griffin over at TwistedCities.wordpress.com talks a little bit about uh, Over the Edge and how it plays and, and that kind of thing. So if you're curious about the new edition of that, go over to TwistedCities.wordpress.com and read about Over the Edge. And then finally, I talked about John Allen Large. He got some call-ins from John over at Red Dice Diaries, reddicediaries.com. John's a renaissance man, even doing some uh, videos on YouTube and uh, has a review of Free League's uh, sequel or, I guess, companion game or source book to, shows you how much I know about it, right? <laughs> to Tales from the Loop, uh, Things from the Flood. And uh, so for somebody like me and knows nothing about it, this will be a helpful video to watch. All these games that uh, Modifius distributes and uh, all these um, uh, the Free League's putting out and all this, uh, like Coriolis and all these things, man, there's some good-looking art and good-looking books. So if you're um, curious about these and you're like me and you know all you know is that they look cool, uh, watch this video, check out uh, John talking about uh, things from the flood and see if it's for you. Some cool retrospective stuff this week. I had mentioned over the last few weeks DM David doing these 10 uh, lists of the 10 greatest adventures since 1985 for D&D &D, and they put up a post uh, 19 adventures that were in the running for the 10 greatest adventures. So these are ones that almost made the cut and this is really nice to read. Um, it's got all kinds of... Uh, uh, different cool adventures from the entire history of uh, um, from the game, you know, all through from the from AD and D and basic to all through fourth edition and everything else. And you know, some of these I'm really familiar with, and I know they're awesome, like uh, Night of the Walking Dead uh, for Ravenloft. That that's a good one uh, that gets mentioned, as well as uh, Night Below that I'm running right now. Others I'm I'm far less familiar with, like uh, the third edition City of the Spider Queen. Uh, no, you know, know nothing about that. Um, some of these fourth editions are really good too. Reavers of of Harkenwald. Uh, uh, that's a quite a good um, fourth edition adventure. Easily one of the best. Um, it's got. Um, uh, Dead and Thay that was like uh, done for Encounters. Um, uh, as the game was transitioning from 4th to 5th. And let's see, are any other good ones? It's got Ruins of Undermountain on here where I, you know, it's a cool box set. The maps are awesome. The adventure itself is not so hot. Uh, really wordy and uh, it only, it doesn't key a lot of the, the maps. Um, it's, I mean, it's good. I've got that and the sequel, but I wouldn't have put it, you know, anywhere near my top 10. But anyway, if you want to see uh, a bunch of these classic adventures over the years, uh, what almost made that top 10 list, you can go and check that out over at dmdavid.com. 
Rob Conley over at Bat in the Attic, batintheattic.blogspot.com, put up a great post, A Tale of Two OGLs, and it's talking about the open gaming license and system reference document uh, uh, intrigue around Traveler and RuneQuest. So if you want to read about you know, how Cepheus Engine and uh, Legend, the kind of mongoose um, RuneQuest, uh, kind of retro clonish sort of thing, uh, came about what uh, you know like I mentioned the intrigue of all the legalities and everything involved that's a really good read a tale of two OGLs over at batintheattic.blogspot.com if you're curious and then I did not save what uh, blog led me to this but this is an older post over at Grub Street Jeff Grubb legendary TSR designer Jeff Grubb I mean designed Marvel superheroes for God's sake um, and did a bunch of too much too many other things to to mention, but this is a link to a post uh, that I had not read from 2017. Why I left TSR, and it's uh, Jeff Grubb telling the tale of uh, kind of what TSR was like to work for during um, Jeff's last days there. That I found to be very interesting. I don't want to go into too much detail, and you wouldn't want to read it, but. Um, if you're interested in that history of, 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 of TSR, like I am, I uh, found this very interesting to read from someone that was there and uh, why they left. And uh, But anyway, if uh, Jeff ends up listening to this, hey, thanks for all the cool stuff. Marvel superheroes, uh, you blew it, out of the, blew it out of the water. All right, so long-time listeners might notice we're just rolling straight into the random tables here because, uh, well... We'll get to that later, but uh, there's no mid-roll ad because I've I've exhausted I've exhausted my anchor ad apparently. Um, so I'm going to talk about that later, but uh, we're just going to go keep on rolling. And some good ones uh, at remember dis move remember dismove.blogspot.com. What's in Dracula's sewers? So I thought this was. Uh, was a cool idea for a random table. What's in Dracula's sewers? Let's see what we find. Uh, beautiful young cultists in white robes drowning a bull in waist-deep water at the edge of the river of Iker as a sacrifice to Cloacina, goddess of the sewers. The bull cries for help in a near-human voice. Ugh, disturbing. What else is in Dracula's sewers? Blind, emaciated prisoners shackled in cells, ankle-deep in flowing sewage. New arrival, pleading for release. You recognize them. There's a fat ogre guard with a rat best friend, keys jangling at belt, that is immune to the horrible stench. So this is an awesome D20 table. Uh, what's in Dracula's sewers? Over at rememberdismove.blogspot.com Over at the Xenopus Archives. Now they have done more, I mean, they have mined more out of that Holmes basic set than some people may have ever felt, you know, thought possible. And I um, love this blog, Xenopus uh, Archives, doing great stuff for a long, long time. And they put up a post, D12 Hauntings in the Dungeon of Xenopus. It says, as told in the in introduction to the sample dungeon of the Holmes basic set, after the demise of Xenopus, his tower was haunted by mysterious forces until it was destroyed by the town. Here are 12 possible hauntings that may visit a party exploring the dungeon. So let's see what we get here. Okay, scroll down. 
A wand, a wind of fine sand picks up, gentle at first, but increasing in speed and particle size to a hail of pebbles and then a gale of rocks. All torches are extinguished in D6 rounds, and all who stay in place may take damage. And it's got some damage information. So that's cool. Let's see what another possible haunting might be. A ghostly crabber stalks the party from 50 feet behind. Loud, wet footsteps are heard. The ghost is covered in sucker marks and kelp, a victim the pirates fed to the giant octopus. If the party halts it, it stops and wordlessly points to the direction of the pirates. If approached, it vanishes and reappears behind them. This keeps up until vengeance against the pirates is achieved when it fades away, leaving a golden crab worth a thousand gold pieces. That's pretty awesome. More creative stuff over at the xenopusarchives.blogspot.com. And then this is one I liked, and this is uh, gets into a little gore and body horror here, but over at the, the Boogeyman's Cave, boogeymanscave.blogspot.com, 36 hideous and lethal transformations. So, yeah, let's get gross. Okay, the victim's teeth crack open, revealing venomous spiders which spill out and bite them to death. Ugh. Froth, don't roll on this again. Don't do it. Uh, tumors bubble up in the victim's flesh, erupting from the skin and engulfing their form, killing them within a few seconds. So if you really want to gross out your players and you really are in need of some hideous and le lethal transformations, you can go over to the Boogeyman's Cave, boogeymanscave.blogspot.com and get grossed out. <laughs> See if y'all listened to that uh, that that hump day spoof earlier. Um, now I feel like a parody of myself, or you know what? I sound like a parody of myself. I said you can do it, Froth. <laughs> I don't know if you don't get that, you have to listen to that. But you can do it, Froth. This one's for Triple M. All right, so some free stuff. You know, free stuff. Unfortunately, it is ruining the hobby, but yet I share it anyway. Um, over at smolderingwizard.com, put up a post, Moldvay Basic D&D Player Quick Start. And this is awesome. It's a one-page kind of rules summary that you can hand out to new players in a BX game. Uh, download as a PDF, and um, it's just enough to kind of be a nice handout to help them with uh, the rules that they'll need to know. So just a great player quick start for Moldvay Basic. You know, BX is... Every poll I see, it's undoubtedly the most popular of the, uh, you know, the, the versions of D&D &D to the OSR. So I know there's some listeners out there playing BX. If you want a little nice player quick start, it would be great for new players. Check that out at smolderingwizard.com. Um, I've talked about uh, Talisman at Nine and Thirty Kingdoms a lot recently because they keep putting out these awesome pamphlet dungeons, you know, these little pamphlet dungeon zine type deals print and fold and they've got two new ones up this week generic ruins pamphlet dungeon and then a generic crumbling tower pamphlet dungeon so you got to go download these download them print them and uh as fast as uh, talisman's putting them out you'll have yourself a nice little stack of these awesome pamphlets for um so thank you talisman and then speaking of pamphlet uh zines vieja escuela and uh my my spanish is probably just as bad as my French, but uh, that means old school. 
and uh, the Chaos Grenade, chaosgrenade.com, put up this, uh, it's a game, you know, Vieja Escuela is a, is a game, and it says they've taken the core rules of that game and repackaged it into a um, pamphlet, you know, pamphlet style. And uh, how awesome is that? So um, if you're like me, you love zines, you love printing and folding stuff and having these kind of, instead of the, these huge books on your shelf, having a bunch of these uh, idiosyncratic, you know, oddities and, and little treasures, um, you'll want to go over to chaosgrenade.com and download that. Very, very cool. A few miscellaneous things I thought I'd talk about. One, uh, it's not really, I guess it's sort of from a blog. It's not only really from a gaming blog, but it's gaming related at 9to5google.com. They announced that classic Google Hangouts on air, you know, Google Hangouts on air live streaming on YouTube is going away later this year. And uh, I think this just really sucks. It's like Google Plus going away. Um, it's not as big as that, but to me, but this is going to affect a lot of people that use the hangouts on air to post on YouTube, you know, to live stream on YouTube, including a lot of, uh, you know, some anchorites at least I know do that. Um, and so it's just another one of these things where, uh, you know, you get used to the technology and using stuff for free and then a company can, you know, they can just swipe it right away from you. So again, it says that, um, Originally a Google Plus feature, Hangouts on Air was later integrated into YouTube. Um, after starting a new Hangout on Air call, users this week are being presented with a banner about the shutdown later this year. And uh, so, anyway, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, if you hadn't seen that already, Hangouts on Air uh, streaming to YouTube is going away. Um, and then over at Diamond Games, on to something happier. Diamond Games often does these really cool uh, kind of posts about a topic where they'll link to a bunch of other discussion about it. And they've put up a part two about traps. This made me think about RFED. And uh, RFED's uh, was asking, you know, it asked me a top three Tuesday question about traps. And so now every time I see traps, I'm, I'm thinking about RFED when I'm posting it up here. And uh, so it's a, I put up both of the links uh, where they're going through uh, a bunch of different um, uh, other blogs. Like I uh, see Larry Hamilton's Follow Me and Die is part of one of the links on here. Talisman from 9 and 30 Kingdoms uh, I see get mentioned. Um, Martin O at Goodberry Monthly. A bunch of uh, bloggers that I've featured before. And uh, David, um, David Pignandoli is uh linking all this stuff about traps so if you want to read it, everything you wanted to know about traps but were afraid to ask you can go over to diamond games and check out all this stuff about traps reminds me to tag traps in the labels i'll tell you man this episode's got a little bit of everything there we go and then at peril and plunder dot wordpress.com you know sometimes i'll see homebrew items on a site and it doesn't grab me or you know and it's not to dog on anybody's stuff it'd be my stuff probably wouldn't be that great either you know sometimes it'll be just you know a homebrew monster a homebrew spell or and sometimes it just doesn't stand out 
for some reason though, I started looking at this esoteric arsenal post, um, that they put up over here. Let me see if I can find this person's name on their blog. I don't see it on their blog, but it's peril and And they took some pictures of like real life weapons, you know, and it says exotic, but not necessarily enchanted weapons. And so it's pictures of, of real life, you know, odd weapons and everything, or uh, really nice looking exotic weaponry. And then they came up with different descriptions of it. And some of these I thought were really good. Like there's this one um, kind of uh, stylized battle axe that has these holes in it. And it says that the, it's called the, they name it the Shrieker. And it says that the wielder of this battle axe can use their turn to flourish the weapon in such a way that the wind whistles through the blade, emitting an unnerving wail. All creatures that hear the sound must make a morale check. So it's not necessarily magical. It's not giving you a bonus to hit, but it's got this other weird effect. And, and a lot of these are quite good. So if you uh, want to check out some, uh, some magic items or kind of non-magic items that have um, some kind of uh, special effects or uh, interesting um, tricks and twists to them, I would recommend going over to perilandplunder.wordpress.com and checking out this esoteric arsenal post. Okay, so for the final topic today, I'm inducting someone else into the Froth Hump Day Blogorama Blog Hall of Fame. How do you like that title? I'm sure it's going to mean a lot to them, too. <laughs> Lord. So, so far, I've only put two people in. Uh, Chris Tam, Elf Maids and Octopi, the Crown Prince of D100 Tables, uh, Undoubtedly one of the most creative minds in the OSR. And the Frugal GM for the endless uh, supply of cheap or free tools, tricks for your games. And um, it had been a while since I put someone else in. And uh, great timing because uh, I got a email notification I follow a lot of blogs. There are very few that I actually set up to where I'll get an email notification if they post. That should tell you everything about this one. But they had not posted um, since prior to this email I got. They hadn't posted since April of last year. And even then, their posts were kind of starting to get few and far in between. But So I, I don't really want to put someone in the Hall of Fame... Well, I might eventually, but if they're not still blogging, I'd like it to be an active blog. Um, but this one I thought had maybe died, but no, Mesmerized by Sirens is still alive. Mesmerizedbysirens.blogspot.com. Now, you might think, you know, you might think you know a little bit about OSR and old school gaming. You know, you might think that you know about some rare games and obscure sorts of things you know you've read grognardia right you know about some of these old school games that are kind of you know maybe there was an ad in dragon and you know maybe even played them or whatever but over at mesmerized by sirens we get into some really obscure games spawn of fashan huh bifrost what some scans of bifrost by the company skytrax from 1977 Ever heard of Bifrost? No? Try these ones on for size. How about... How about... Uh, 
Fantasy Conclave. That's spelled P-H-A-N-T-A-S-Y. Fantasy Conclave gaming system. What about Castle Perilous, a fantasy role-playing game? How about Melanda? It looks like, you know, someone, you know, a drawing from some teenager's uh, school notebook or something, you know? We're talking getting into some weird games, and oftentimes there'll be scanned pages or something so you can actually read some of this. I mean, for... You know, I think sometimes they've shared a PDF, but, you know, let's be honest, on some of this stuff, it's not only out of print. I mean, you can't even, you can't even pirate this stuff. I mean, you can't even, (laughs) you can't even steal this stuff. Uh, You can't find this stuff on eBay. I mean, this is stuff that people spend years and years and years to try to find, you know, the few remaining copies that even exist of it. Just weird, weird, weird stuff. And no one brings you the, uh, I mean, there's no other OSR or, or otherwise blogger out there like the catacomb librarian, uh, that brings you the most obscure, the, uh, most inscrutable, idiosyncratic, rarest of the rare, um, old school fantasy games. So just for the scholarship that's on here, the ability to click back over the years and just find something just totally peculiar and, and strange and uh, just kind of sparks the imagination. If you're like me and you love like the history of the game and you like, um, you know, you like these old old weird games and 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 everything, then uh, Mesmerized by Sirens is a treasure uh, treasure trove and. Uh, what what's interesting is uh, I thought it was gone, you know, I thought it was done. Uh, but anyway, um, I just wanted to highlight this to people that maybe haven't haven't seen it. Um, you know, not every post is something on a super obscure game, but the stuff that's there on some of these games, if if it wasn't for Mesmerized by Sirens, I honestly don't know where I would ever even have heard of, uh, of any of it. So, um, anyway, I think that's kind of what I got to say. I was just clicking around as I was talking there was a, the obscure fantasy RPGs appreciation day. It says after, the after the swords and wizardry appreciation day, it's time for a new celebration. The obscure fantasy role-playing game appreciation day. This was from back in 2013. And, uh, they said for this year they're going to give away a copy of the complete works of Zorin Greystar. Who the hell knows what that is? Anyway, I'm rambling at this point, but congratulations to the Catacomb Librarian. Welcome to the Blogger Hall of Fame. Anybody into obscure and weird history um, uh, of and these games that uh, you know you're lucky to actually just see a cover image of, much less a couple of uh, you know pages. Go over to mesmerizedbysirens.blogspot.com and check that out. All right, so in typical froth fashion, I am, you know, crawling over the finish line. It is what it is, rain, sleet, or snow. The hump day blogorama's got to happen. Um, I really appreciate you listening. Special thanks to Free Thrall, John Allen Large, and Rich Frazier for calling in. Appreciate y'all. Something I wanted to mention, well, first of all... (laughs) You got to listen to that spoof I mentioned at the beginning. I'll just say that it's a, 
it's so so funny um as i every time i say something about being tired or any of that now that's it's just gonna my mind's gonna go straight to that but uh, you'll listen to that and you'll see what i mean but something i want to mention you know i've talked about gaming and money and we've all had that discussion over the weeks on this thing and you know one thing i've had been doing on this uh, podcast was promoting anchor uh, which i was more than more than happy to do you don't make it hardly any money on anchor if you're wondering how it works on here it's you know you have to have an absurd amount of listens to make any money it usually will pay you you know some few bucks you know per thousand listens or whatever so but on the anchor podcast what they'll do is you know they'll occasionally offer you basically offer you uh, a sponsor and if you run that ad you know you'll you know per a thousand listens you might make a few bucks or whatever so with anchor i was happy to do it because i love anchor and it's the same thing i would tell a friend it's a, so there's a lot of the truth in the advertising but then they've offered me some other things that you know i just turned down i wasn't going to do and i'm not dogging on anybody for doing it um but it, like one was like a tuxedo company or something for example and you know, I wore a tuxedo, obviously for my wedding, which is a uh, November will be 15 years. So, um, but since then, <laughs> there there have been no tuxedos, <laughs> you know. So, you know, Froth telling you about a tuxedo company, it just—I uh, mean, it's not not genuine, you know. Anyway, what I was thinking is, while I'm waiting to see what the next thing Anchor sends me, if it's something I even want to put on the show. If you or someone you know, you know, doing gaming stuff, OSR stuff, whatever, um, wants to um, sponsor a program, even for a limited time, or has um, some kind of new product or Kickstarter or something like that that you're wanting to promote, uh, we could talk and see if you want to, you know, do something on the Thought Eater show. So, just something I thought about mentioning. Anyway, I, um, I'm, uh, looking forward to having some time off. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so the next you'll hear from me is uh, five minute Friday. I appreciate folks listening and checking it out. I hope, uh, if you do enjoy any of these, uh, blogs I'm mentioning, these links, please go and, and, and leave them a, a comment. So many times I see an amazing post or something really cool and then i go and there's like you know zero comments and uh um hopefully hopefully i'm doing something to at least help turn some eyes to some of this awesome stuff but uh anyway you can send me an email frothsoftfrothsof at gmail.com uh don't forget to check out all these links at the Thought of your blogs, frothsoftfrothsofdnd.blogspot.com send me a message on the anchor app I'll put you on the show. Huge thank you to the folks backing me on Patreon. Really appreciate y'all. Patreon.com forward slash thought or only a dollar a month if you want to support the program. And Logan, make the booty drop. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade Gonna help you escape from the grind 
Thought Eater gonna blow your mind. <laughs>